Blog Talk Radio. So, look, look, I think they feelin' my bop now, huh, we on top now, I'm on this trip with the top down, bitch, your bitch, you give me top now, I gotta stick to this guap now, huh, you get shot down, hottest nigga in the spot now, I cannot stop now, she yelling out she wanna fuck with a wolf, dude. I feel a groovy, hitting my phone like, baby, come do me, we making a movie, she wanna pull up and give me the pesos, countin' the pesos, I gotta stick to the cheese like gasso, we making a mess though, hey, wait, slide. slide She said she feeling a vibe, I told her jump in a ride She said I'm one of a kind, wait, slide She said she wanna get high, I told her baby I'm bringing the guys Then we have a menage, I think they feeling my vibe now We on top now, I'm on the street with the top down Bitch, your bitch, you give me top now, I gotta stick to this guap now You get shot down, hottest nigga in the spot now I cannot stop now She yelling out she wanna fuck with a wolf, dude I feel a groovy Hitting my phone like, baby, come do me We making a movie She wanna pull up and give me the pesos I'm counting the pesos I gotta stick to the cheese like that, though Then we making a mess, though She said she feeling a vibe I told her to jump in the ride She said I'm one of a kind She said she wanna get high I told her, baby, I'm bringing the guys Then we have a menage Welcome, 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 all the fellow Escova Media Podcast listeners, downloaders, streamers. Uh, appreciate you guys for sharing uh, the podcast and for also um, connecting with us on social media. You can connect with us on Twitter at Muscova ENT. Check us out there. Uh, a lot of great followers, so be sure to check out our follower list as well. If you wanna, if you're on Facebook, you can go to facebook.com/slash/muscova-enterprises, and you can check out our amazing Facebook page over there. And then Instagram. Uh, I want you to go to my Instagram if you have a chance. You could check out my uh, personal page where I post a lot of uh, different work I've done in the acting, acting and modeling world, as well as I post a lot of uh, podcasts. So you can see podcast episodes from MJ Goatlieb, who's Damon John's uh, good friend uh, from FUBU, as well as the uh, infamous uh, Tahiri. I got an episode with her over there, as well as um, some other artists, uh, like from Cypress Hill. Um, Got an episode with... uh, a legendary, uh, a legendary member of the Cypress Hill gang on there as well. So be sure to check that out. Um, the past episodes were on iTunes. Just got on iHeartRadio. Thank you, iHeart. Appreciate you. Um, check us out on Google, Deezer, uh, 
Did I mention iTunes? Yeah, go to iTunes, Muscova Media Podcast for the people with iPhones. If you don't have an iPhone, go to Spotify. You can check it out there as well. And I uh, appreciate you. So we're over on about 14 sites. Of course, the Big Dog Pitbull site, blogtalkradio.com slash Muscova Enterprises. And you can check out uh, a lot of great uh, podcast episodes. So I really thank you. Um for sharing and uh, caring. <clears throat> you guys are the best. Without you, uh, none of this would be possible. So that's why we want to be able to give back. Um, so if you DM me, um, I have a actual sales and marketing book that or uh, info that I can give you right from the web uh, website. And uh, we'll share a lot of uh, sales and uh, information on uh, marketing. Also, if you just want to take hold and learn how to uh, podcast or build websites or apps yourself, um, also have the the course on th- thinkific.com. So you can go to muscovaacademy.thinkific.com, which is muscova, M-O-S-C-O-V-A, academy.com. Think Ific, which is T H I N K I F I C dot com. And you can check out the wonderful marketing, e marketing, social media, digital marketing uh, course that entails a lot, will help you uh, learn how to do a lot of these things yourself. Now, of course, I've had to learn um, over the years myself um, while also working with different clients, such as Ford, Sanders, Old Spice, as well as you know, different apps that I've worked with and different private um, uh, clients. So I um, appreciate you uh, for uh, subscribing to the Thinkific and um, getting all that info yourself and learning how to do it all yourself. If you have any questions, you can either go to YouTube, let's go with media, and uh, check out a lot more free how-tos on how to do a lot of these uh, techniques and or whatnot, and just, you know, figure out how what works for you. So YouTube has a plethora of videos on there um, where you can, you know, basically ask me questions and I'll create more content for you. But what's even more important than that, today we have an amazing uh, guest that, you know, decided to create a tell-all book called Blackout, the infamous Paul Porter, um, Blackout has garnered praise from culture icons, including Chuck D. and Joy Ann Reed. Music industry, music industry veteran Paul Porter has released the book Blackout. It's an explosive look at the corruption running rampant in the music industry. Blackout details Porter's experiences in the music industry from his first stint in radio in 1976, when the busing riots in Boston sent him scrambling to WRBB at North Eastern University to to his tenure at BET and some of the nation's top rated radio stations. So this guy has seen it all. Um, and radio, kind of like comedians, uh, are one of the first um, connections to the people um, as far as what's going on in life and or whatnot besides different artists. Um, the book has already garnered the endorsement of major cultural figures and 
including Chuck the Public Enemy, who called Porter a guru and visionary and said blackout will truly explain why things are the way they are. Tim Winter, president of the Parents Television Council, called Blackout a compelling personal story about how the music industry really operates that and also offers an enlightening message of hope for the music industry and for its broader impact on our culture. Paul Porter has been a force in radio, music, television, music, and television for over four decades. His deep, seductive voice has resonated on the airwaves of many of the nation's top rated radio station and he spent 10 years at BET as program director consultant on air talent Porter's expertise and activism have established him as a thought leader in the radio and music industry and he is often sought out by major media outlets including CNN MSNBC Sirius XM Entertainment Tonight Fox News to comment on his music culture and race he's also a co-founder of music industry nonprofit industryears.com and music and culture website rap rehab.com and currently serves as program director at Orlando's low power FM station wire 98.5 um, so as you can see this man has been doing it for years and years um, are you there Paul yeah I'm here I'm listening how are you uh, very well sir very good thank you so much for all the amazing work you put in um, when it comes to your activism as well as um, the work you did in the music radio and and tv world uh, we really appreciate you um doing all that and you know providing hope for 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 us um when it comes to this book blackout uh what made you feel like you know now was the right time to really you know shed some light on what's going on in the mu- music industry well to be perfectly honest it started 10 years ago I had a book deal from HarperCollins, and the the book was called The Same Songs, Payola, Power, in the Music Industry. I wrote this great book, got a six-digit advance, and when I handed it in, my publisher said to me, there's too many stories in here. And HarperCollins was owned by Sony BMG, who <laughs> a lot of the stories that were in the book had Clive Davis, it had Def Jam stories, and it wasn't all good stories. It was, you know, stories about payola and parties and some of the crazy stuff. So they decided not to put the book out. They told me to keep my advance and wait seven years. So I procrastinated wow. a couple of years and updated the books, um, edited out a lot of the book too, because I, I just wanted to see what the impact would be. And then, you know, some of the dirt, the, you know, there's a lot of dirt in it, but a lot of the crazy shit I, I, I didn't put in the book, <laughs> you know, but I talk about it and I got a 90 minute C-SPAN special. If you, this Google blackout, Paul Porter C-SPAN, you know, the stories get a little deeper. But, uh, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, explain the industry from the inside out. You know, most books are, are are there the same old champion books? Like, I made a gazillion dollars. Well, I didn't make a gazillion dollars. I got hired and fired by the best in the business. I had rough times. I had great times. Uh, 
you know, I brought Michael Jackson on stage, and that was the first act I saw when I was a kid. And later I went to Africa with Stevie Wonder, and this have met a lot of great people. So uh, it's been a good run, and the book has ups and downs in it. Right. Um, when it comes to payola, um, do you feel that that's uh, very prevalent today in radio, when it, whether it comes to uh, East Coast or West Coast? Man, or even, it is um, always prevalent. <laughs> it's prevalent on Spotify. Look, the music industry in 2019 made over $11 billion. 12% of it went to the artists. So, <laughs> Wow. Think about how much money is made in this industry. And to think that you get to make, you know, millions of dollars and all you have to do is do a video and record music is crazy. America is a capitalist country, society, culture, you name it. Everything's about money and people have their hands out. And, yes, every now and then, once or twice a year, there's an organic hit but there are 40,000 new titles being uploaded to social media platforms and music platforms like Spotify every day. So for you to stick out of that bunch, what's it take? Eh, more than this putting yourself on a couple of playlists. And, you know, it takes marketing and it takes getting to the right places. And my experience in the 43 years I've been collecting checks doing this, it's always has something to do about money. <laughs> you know, there's money involved. And of course there are people that'll break records for free, but there's this a point where all the money comes in. Three major labels control everything, you know, and, and we're selling this sense of false hope with uh, the industry, but think about it more money is made in this business on losers than winners. You know, look at places like iTunes, you know, they made more off of losers paying subscriptions and selling things. So you, you, you got to think about the business side of this and figure out the easiest way to make business and, and, and to create revenue. And it's, it's not streaming because that's point zero zero five a spin where a, a radio spin will garner you a couple of dollars so in publishing royalties. So I, I just always, you know, stress that people have to think about the business side of that. And that's what I'm into is, you know, if you're not at the table, you'll be on the menu. It's for sure. So we all got to get smarter in this. Right. Um, are you familiar with um, Hot 97 over here in, on the East Coast? I work there. It's oh, the okay. Well, yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I, you know, I'm from I'm, New York, bro. Right. Um, I didn't want to uh, get too um, personal over there, so I wanted to, you know, kind of bring it out. Because um, – Funk Flex, I'm sure you're aware of him, but was talking about how um, radio doesn't really um, make artists or, or break artists. It just helps elevate them to superstardom. But he's been known to kind of bash Payola. Um, I'm not sure in the book if you mention any stories about 
any payola incidents over at Hot 97? I mean, Flex is famous for, you know, the battles with KRS-One, who and different artists have said they've given him money and he hasn't done what he's supposed to do. And he's part of, look, pay for play is alive. Ain't nobody admitting that they're taking money from people. And it might be in a, you know, now there's new ways of business deals, but it, it's always the, you know, cause and the, the root of everything when it comes to the music industry. And yes, there are exceptions, but they're very few. So is it safe to say that at least Funk Flex and maybe others in Hot 97 do also participate in participate in payola even though they have vehemently denied everywhere does we can say hot 97 but i can say every station that matters that's a big media based reporter yes somebody's getting paid somebody's getting paid that hasn't ended you know if you there's a great article that i i tell people to google uh, it's in rolling stone want to get on the radio House $50,000 sound. That's the title. If you Google Rolling Stone and Paul Porter, it's a it's an audio read that's 22 minutes, but it breaks it down. Think about it. Why do record companies that have promotion staffs and regionals hire independent promotion men to work the same product at the same stations that they work and give them huge budgets to work it? That's that's so there's no paper trail there's no connection it's it's the unspoken word in the industry and it's as american as apple pie right um so how do you suppose artists like uh a six nine who who was almost organic was able to be shut shut out um even though he may be able to pay his way through you know, because he did have sales. Uh, well, I mean, past. personalities play a part of it. And, and like I said, you can always name one or two or three people that organically grow some stuff, but then there's a point where they reach where money opens the bigger, the superstar doors. And there was a lot of money put behind him, even if it was street money, you know, just like Bobby Smurda, you know, the, the the story was how much he paid to, to get that record hot in New York at Hot 97. But radio's not hot anymore. You know, Hot 97 for years was the number one, two, or three station in New York. It's number 15. Things have changed. Wow. Right. Um, that That's, that's pretty amazing that you mentioned that. Um, so... So you're saying that uh, artists like Six Nine, um, you know, he, even him, he can't get past the uh, music industry's um, doors, even with his organic. Well, I, I mean, you pay as you go up the doors. Sometimes people pay for influences, then they they pay for playlists, then they pay for radio. But radios and and Six Nine's one of those rare. He's the internet sensation. He's never gotten heavy airplay, even though he's had songs that chart number one. You know, so figure that out. 
why isn't he on the radio? Because he chooses not to pay Indies a gazillion dollars to get there. Oh, wow. Oh, so that's what it actually is. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, that's... radio stations will tell you they'll play the most popular stuff, but you can go up and down their playlist and look at them and see how it doesn't always match. And those exceptions, there's plenty of exceptions to the rules or records that aren't performing, but they're from the major labels. You know, it's like going in the supermarket and you have the new greatest drink in town and you think you're going to get the same shelf position as Coca-Cola does when you walk down the Walmart aisle. Not going to happen. They've been doing business with somebody for years. They've been funding promotions and funding people. So that they're always going to get the top shot. You know, of course, there's going to be a few exceptions, but, you know, 85 to 90% of playlists are all majors. Wow. Um, but that, they're that, a machine, that's, that's, too. You know what I mean? Right, to get that machine behind an artist that didn't have yeah. it. Um, as far as some of the stories you, you actually left out the book, um, are there any that you can uh, go into right now? Um, I can tell you a funny story. I got to go to that... Africa with Steve, with Stevie Wonder. So, uh, you know, I was working at BET at the time, and they – they hired me to go over with the crew back then. AIDS was terrible in Cameroon, 96. And it was Stevie's first trip to Africa. He had never been to Africa. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm going with Stevie Wonder. It was like nine of us. And Cameroon was big in soccer. And, and they were uh, going to the Olympics. So we went to see them play. But the exciting and the silly story is, that, you know, we went to the AIDS hospital and the AIDS hospital in Cameroon, it was just terrible. I threw up. And, you know, all the women spoke French there and everybody was like, oh, you were Stevie Wonder's band, Stevie Wonder's band. And all the guys were hooking up with women. And uh, I was like, yo, man, we just went to the AIDS hospital today. Yo, it's disgusting, you know, blah, blah, blah. They don't even speak English. And that night, 2 o'clock in the morning, I get a call. Hey, Paul, this is Stevie. Do you have any condoms? And I, and I went downstairs and gave Stevie Wonder some condoms. Uh, walked to the door, and the girl answers, and I gave her a box, man. So that's a crazy story, but I just felt like being silly. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Who would have thought... Um... But yeah, you know, uh, everybody needs to come to their animal instincts at some time. Um, but I guess you were you were the supplier for the crew. That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> Reliable. Uh, that they could count on yeah, you for that. But, but but no, I mean, there's there's I've seen so many changes, man. Like I grew up in a different era. You know, the first person I met in the music business was Nina Simone when I was a little kid <laughs> and my best friend's father remarried Nina Simone and I used to 
spent, uh, you know, weekends at, at the house. And then Mr. Stroud, who was a manager, a guy named Andy Stroud, he was Diddy before Diddy because he owned the Masters. And I learned a lot from him early and to go to school and college and get on the college radio station and it turned out to be a beast. And, uh, you know, it was an all-white school, and uh, I was the first program director and changed it all black. And then folks that came through that station were like Wendy Williams and a guy Jay Dixon, who's been a big programmer and part of Hyde, and Darius Walker, the CNN bureau chief. So so college was fun, and sort of leading a charge has been fun. And that's why I've been tied into activism because we're losing. <laughs> we're not really winning in this game. Like, we went, you know, from getting robbed on records from labels, getting 30 cent a album. Now we get 0.005 cent for a stream, you know, or, you know, before it was 20 cent on a 45. But that's better odds than now fractions of a penny per spin. So, you know, a lot of things have to be fought for. We don't control our images. You know, BETs is not black. And as, you know, we don't support, or should I say, we don't balance our culture. We just, you know, in hip hop, show the negative and. For a long time, hip-hop was the complete opposite. It sort of uplifted people. So, you know, I just studied the game sort of long range and watched the changes and how the, the culture shifts and how the corporate control, you know, tries to suck everything up. And, and we have this false sense of freedom from the Internet. But the problem is the market's so over-flooded now Back in the day, you had to go to a studio or no musicians, and then when sampling came out, it it, it sort of it, it created a great art form, but it oversaturated the market, and, and that's the bad thing. Right. Um. Art. I mean, not not that we not to hate on them, but artists are creating beats and music right from their iPhones and phones which, you know, the jump in technology is great, um, but the quality versus quantity uh, issue, I, I feel, is something that you're bringing up and is very Yo, important. So, so, so last week I was watching the inauguration and John Legend was doing a song by Nina Simone covering Feels Good, and that's like a song that's been played and, you know, the publishing side, of a great song lasts forever. So it's John Legend doing this song, and Nina Simone wrote that song in 1965. So are there timeless hip-hop records? Like, is somebody going to cover, like, you've never heard of somebody covering, like, hip-hop hooray, and that's, you know, Naughty by Nature's over 25 years old. So we're going to reach this point where we're going to sort of hip hop this now is sort of microwavable. It has a real quick burn, but you don't want to hear it forever. And a record like DJ Khaled now, 
an album that has every superstar on it burns out in six weeks. And before, you know, everybody can remember back when there were songs of summer, like there were certain records that you remember for times. But, you know, with video, we've sort of turned it into a TikTok generation. Like artists get signed off of TikTok, not, you know, and and that's what's changing. We're, We're turning into analytics instead of creativity. Right. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty amazing um, to think about. Uh, so are you uh, basically like kind of not really in support of the, the major changes? Um, how do you how do you feel hip hop should change to or or uh, what are some improvements well, that you think I, artists I, can I think the real the real change is ownership. Like, we got to have more black and brown people in decision-making situations. Like, Lifetime hired the sister from BET, who's the senior VP, and all of a sudden they started developing great specials. You know, she did the Art Kelly, the Salt and Pepper, the Wendy Williams, and she did a great job. You know, but we don't have a lot of people in positions that can sort of get out, you know, we've, we only rely on the internet. We don't rely on television or news or special events to tell our messages because, you know, we get there and there's a couple of faces, but there's not enough. And a lot of that is ownership. Right. Um, And in the long scheme of things, black radio stations used to be owned locally. And a lot of black owners, but all that ended, you know, they got bought up by the big boys and that connection between communities started getting separated. And now we're this, you know, a fragmented syndicated world before, you know, black radio was sort of like the voice of the community. (laughs) You know, if it was WBLS in New York or, you know, uh, K-Day in L.A. and certain stations that everybody knew in a community and people and they grew together, but those local connections are gone. Yeah, um, I mean, people are are trying their best, um, but having uh, ownership uh, in today that has a real uh, value doesn't seem um, that easy to do Um, because even with like a little Wayne that sold his uh, catalog for uh, I think a hundred million, then got pardoned by uh, Trump. Um, the do moves like that sh- showcase how you know artists are realizing that if they do have ownership, that's good, but there's not much value in you know their songs per se. Well, I, I mean, it all depends who you are. You know, Little Wayne's one of you know sometimes we. We 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 look at the folks on top, and there's like a layer of folks underneath. There's there's so many what I call public success stories and private failures, like the guys that are on top that never get paid or blow it all or do nothing for people. And there's so many artists that have had great careers and do good things that we don't celebrate. 
or we don't talk about or they don't have a blue check on Instagram. So, you know, I say seek out great artists. You'll be surprised how easy it is to find some by a Google search or a YouTube search and support some of them. Right, right. Um, more so these independent um, artists and companies. Uh, what what are some ways artists, uh, besides, I guess, ownership, um, but a lot of them are using um, different apps or whatnot to, uh, you know, uh, take, uh, be able to sell their music online. Um, but I've, I've heard that uh, deep in these contracts, um, you know, they don't really own like their music per se um, when they use these different um, uh, uh, online uh, sites to uh, upload their music to Spotify and different spots. Um, are, oh, yeah, like wh- the biggest... The biggest scam in the game now is United Masters. They came out with a slick name, and Steve Stout had a slick career in the music industry. But he was one of the guys who were jerking artists for years. So all of a sudden, he comes out with this great platform, United Masters, that preaches about ownership. But if you read the terms of use clause at the bottom they have first right of refusal in this process that takes 10 to 12 months. So basically they have the right to make your deal or ask or screw up your deal and you can't get out. So you don't own anything. And most of the time, if somebody offers you a deal, if it takes you 10 months to get out of your deal, you're not going to have a deal. So stuff like that where we have to study the business side of this and ask a lot of questions because this is a game of smoke and mirrors. I mean, there are more tricks and more scams. Like I said, more money is made from people paying for this or going to this conference and doing this and buying this to do this. You know, how, how much money was made from fake, Spotify streams and YouTube, you know, you ever see the 3 million likes on Instagram followers and they have 29 likes? Like, you know, (laughs) we're into uh, paying for what we think is fame, but, you know, it's a long road. A lot of folks come and go real quick in this game. Right, and that's why you've been able to be here for 40 years just looking um, at different people um, as you come and go and your different successes and failures um, in your resiliency, um, which is really great. And I really, that's, you know, that's part of the reason why I wanted you to to come on here because you're definitely a great inspiration um, to not only the youth, but, you know, your peers alike or whatnot. Um, As far as uh, the book, uh, that you uh, have called Blackout. Um, what are some uh, some lessons that artists can take away from it um, as far as like learning better business? Because um, people that they may be trying to work with or whatnot or companies, these are sometimes lawyers or people that have uh, run uh, different types of corporations. So 
a lot of these artists that are coming up may not really have a sense of business um in that manner uh so um how how does how would blackout be able to teach them um you know what they can do better oh you know i talk about protecting yourself and and when you see some of the shaky deals or situations people are put in over money you'll understand that the business side is the most important side i don't care what your musical background and how many songs you got in your catalog. But if you can't monetize it in this world, you're a failure or you have an awfully big hobby. So, you know, it's about business and how to open doors. And more importantly is deal with when doors close because they always close in this game. You know, people are red hot for a while, and then it's over. Like, it's very rare that people stay around for 20, 30 years in this business without, you know, taking some major hits. So you you got to understand this. Like I talk about, I've been hired by the best, but all them times I got fired by the best. I think I've left one job. And then I went on my own ownership tip for the second half of my career, and my hair grew back, and I got dreads down. So, nice. uh, so sometimes, sometimes peace of mind is is always most important because I've had a lot of friends die from stress, you know. Are seeking numbers when you're seeking numbers and not seeking great music, something's wrong, you know. But different strokes for different folks. But I'd rather play the long game than the short game. Because one of my best friends, like, he used to break all the big records for Interscope. I mean, every major tour, everything for 15 years. And when he lost his job, there was not another half a million dollar job out there, which he was getting paid. He's been working in Golden Corral like the last 10 years. And I'm like, Yo, wow, that's cold. And no seven. Like a senator? Yeah. Yeah. But, and he, he's got some of the best stories in the world. He's been on tour with everybody and dealing with, you know, when you're number one, anyway, it's a tough business, man. But I I try to share because a lot of people have shared with me, and that's why I'm on your show and every other show or every phone call I can because we can all learn from each other. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, as far as um, industryears.com um, and uh, ratrehab.com, uh, what, what, why did you create those, um, and what, what's their purpose for artists? Well, Industry Ears was the first. Me and my partner, Lisa Fega, started in 99, and we started to notice how the culture was just shifting all negative. You know, hip-hop had one voice, 90s came in, they went this gangster rap, super sex thing, and it's been like that ever since. 
But I noticed that back then when I was at BET from, you know, in the early 90s in BET, we would uh, edit and blurt out 40s and asses and tits and certain things. And then at this, you know, they they kept pushing things through because labels wanted to show this and do this. And I remember when Nas came out with uh, Hate Me Now, and he was nailed against a cross. And then one of the Greg Diggs basically started beefing. Well, it really was over Janet Jackson. But there were like all these <laughs> crazy images that got bombarded real quick. But they hit so hard and it's been straight ahead ever since. But, you know, there's this culture shift, you know, where you see a lot of things you would have never heard of you know, 15 years ago. Now they got television series about it. So, you know, it's a different time, but I, I'm I'm old school. Like, I think there's supposed to be some balance. Like, we're not all gangsters, and we, we all don't, you know, slap bitches on their ass. Right. Um, or, or call females that all the, all the time or whatnot. Um, so, uh, I, I guess you feel as far as, uh, the old, you know, you, you say you are old school, um, or whatnot. Do you feel that hip hop and rap is kind of like becoming something controlled by the corporate Caucasian people and, and not becoming a tool for us anymore? And if not, uh, what, what should uh, artists and people utilize or mediums or forms of art? Well, first, let me recommend the best hip-hop documentary ever. If you haven't seen Beyond Beats and Rhymes by Byron Hurt, it sort of depicts where we are now. And that film is almost 20 years old. But we have a bunch of people imitating what they see by the bigger artists, even if they're in bumfuck Iowa, they want to be like, you know, Roddy Rich. Or, well, Roddy Rich has a different image. That was the wrong person to use. But they want to be like 6'9", a little baby. Like, everybody just mimics. We have a lot of sheep, and that's the power of music. Sometimes music can open and change minds and you know, sort of be the voice of movements. Like in the civil rights era, we, we learn more listening to songs than anything. And we've sort of taken the messenger out of music a lot of parts. And, you know, I just think it's important. But we went from, you used to close your eyes and listen to music on a cassette or a CD or eight track or some vinyl. And now you look at it on a little phone with some headphones and everybody back then had big stereos and nice sound systems. And now people don't have sound systems at home. They just have nice sound systems in cars and they listen to music on phones. So sonically it's different. And, you know, right. Um, definitely. Um, that's pretty, uh, interesting. Uh, cause 
I'm not sure if uh, records and um, tapes are made out of carbon, um, but I've heard something about uh, that just being on that black material um, was something that helped resonate a lot of the soul music and uh, a lot of old school R&B that helped it resonate with people so much. Um, Are you familiar with um, tonage in music? Uh, It's, it said that um, the 432 gigahertz tone is something that yeah, a lot of yeah, I've I've heard all the all that that stuff, and I, I'll leave that to the uh, the new experts on that. I, I'm old school. I I know a good song and the power of music and. You know, I know frequency and sonics and melody, but a lot of people can't tell the difference between a a wave file and an MP4 and a you know, and the, the trained ear is not really trained that more. You know, I remember always adjusting bass and treble like that was like one of the simplest things and you know, equalizer, but people don't even think of that anymore. They just hit Spotify and listen as is. So it's a different game now, man, but I'm glad we we got to connect, man. It's been a a long, productive uh, day for me, and I wanted to, you know, share some time, and um, I'm glad we did. Likewise, um, and I definitely appreciate you uh, stopping by the show and uh, dropping all this knowledge uh, for the people. And uh, for the uh, book, Blackout, uh, where can people uh, get it, and how can people connect with you and reach you? Well, um, yeah, uh, you can get it on my site. i got an app and a website, musicbizu.com. But the book's in Amazon. But the funny thing, man, yeah, last story. So I decided to sell the book on my own, you know. So I bought a bunch of books. I was on uh, the first week, Joanne Reed had me on MSNBC. But when I got there, they wouldn't let me put blackoutthebook.com, you know, on the scroll underneath me. So... I know most people go to Amazon to buy books. So Joy has an audience of like 1.2 million. I know I'm going to get my little four minutes, and I'm trying to guess how many books I'm going to sell. But when you put it in Google, every book I would sell at blackoutthebook.com, I would make $12. But every book I sold on Amazon, you make $3, and you get paid in four months. And that's off of uh, uh, that. They give you 30%. uh, And if you sell it yourself, you can make 70%. So anyway, I I do Joy Reed show. And uh, I have a Shopify app. And at the last, like, minute of the interview, I I go, yeah, you can get the book at blackoutthebook.com. You know, so I'm, like, saying, yeah, I'm slick. And I'm guessing how many people... So the show finishes, and I turn on my phone, and every time you get a sale, your app goes to ching. Wow, it, it just kept going ching, 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 ching. And me and Joy were there, and I was like, oh, shit. 
it stopped at like seven eighteen, and then there was some more sale. But all the books, seven thousand people bought books that day on Amazon. So the moral of the story is, I didn't know what I was doing, because if I had the number one search position. Or if the book wasn't on Amazon and people had to buy it from me, I would have made a lot more money. But they all bought it off Amazon because they have a prime. And I didn't have a published deal. Like, they have a deal where you can send in a 1,000 books and, you know, you get 70%. But I didn't know. But anyway, I just had to share that because I felt bad. (laughs) And I was talking about the book. But why? Watch the Blackout special on C-SPAN, too. It's 90 minutes of real TV about the industry. And uh, you can reach me on IG and Twitter and Clubhouse on uh, at uh, MusicBizU. Beautiful. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Paul Porter. Appreciate you for stopping by the show. Um, hey, uh, and everybody. The bad, mm-hmm. thing is, the bad thing is we should have done this. Uh, a couple of hours earlier, man, I went to get my eyes checked, and they were uh, uh, they they put some stuff and dilated them, and I can't see a number of words. So <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm okay. good. And uh, uh, thanks a lot for having me, man. Good interview, good stuff, and let's do it again soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. I have a uh, uh, hope your eyes get better soon, and uh, hopefully we got. Uh, meet up and um, work together on a project. That would be awesome. Thank you so much. All right. We'll do it again soon. Peace, man, everybody. Peace. Thanks, everyone. And that was Mr. Paul Porter with his tell-all book, Blackout. You can go to his site and get that book, or if you want to go on Amazon, you can do that. Um, But, everyone, I appreciate you uh, for listening. Uh, It's been another episode of Muscova uh, Media Podcast. You can Follow us on Twitter, uh, Muscova ENT, uh, also on Clubhouse, Vic M. Um, a lot of amazing uh, rooms on there and a great um, montage of uh, uh, guest speakers. The other day, Elon Musk was actually um, in Clubhouse just talking about what he's doing in, uh, in Mars. Um, so that was pretty interesting. So I appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, definitely uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, v Muscova and uh, download the uh, episode iTunes um, everywhere pretty much Spotify uh, Deezer um, and um, also iHeartRadio so appreciate everybody thanks <laughs>